The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. You're listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited, with your hosts, Morgan Adsit and Rocco DeSangro. Your Baltimore Ravens breakdown of week one begins now. Hello and welcome to show number one in the win column, the Ravens 24-9 over the Jets. Rocco DeSangro is on the road right now, taking that lovely drive on 95. How you doing, Rocco? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. The uh, New Jersey Turnpike is just unbelievable. Greatest thing I've ever seen. So seeing a lot of road in front of me right now. Phil's driving, so I'm allowed to be on the phone right now. <laughs> just to make that clear. And you will hear two other voices throughout this entire season. We have our EP Jaffe and Tom Tom. That's what I'm calling you guys. Do you like your nicknames? <laughs> like the GPS is the first thing I think of when I hear Tom Tom. I've heard so much worse. That I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get right to it. Um, Obviously, all you got to do in the NFL is win. The Ravens did it. Let's do a quick little game recap. The 9-11 emotions were there. You saw them. Slow start could have played into it. Joe Flacco revenge game did not happen. Could have played into it. There were a lot of outside distractions. You got the contract negotiations with Lamar leading up to it. The Ravens have injuries still lingering from last season. Now they have new ones we've learned. But I think they did what you need to do, and they got the win. And I have no problem with this week one performance because it looked like a week one performance with not much preseason reps. Rocco, what would you think seeing them in person? I think there was a little rust in the beginning for the offense, and I think that could be attributed to the lack of preseason reps for – or the, no preseason reps at all for Lamar and other big-name starters. But when they got clicking, the offense looked polished. The run game was pretty non-existent, but as far as Lamar goes, he's going to stay Lamar, and he was Lamar uh, in this ball game. Thrown for three touchdowns, two really nice ones to Devin Duvernay. Some people thought he had a no-looker there, but that wasn't the case. He cleared that up after the game and had uh, a nice bomb to Rashad Bateman as well, so... Lamar's still Lamar. That's all I got to say. But the Ravens need to do something about the run game. He may want to say it's a no. It wasn't a no luck pass, but I, I'm going to take that. That is one of <laughs> the best plays of the season in Week One. It should be on every highlight reel the rest of the year. <laughs> I, I think it's just being modest on that one. It was an incredible play throwing across his body that you would never do. He didn't uh, miss Andrews. Hi. He didn't miss <laughs> Andrews. I'm just kidding. No, yeah. it was a great pass. <laughs> it was just one of those. If you're a Ravens fan, you're going to think about that throw all season when it comes you know, down to the wire and how they were able to hang in there with the Jets when they were struggling early and Lamar just you know, pulled one out of his bag of tricks. Yeah, I think they looked really – that almost felt like a turning point. They looked pretty comfortable after that. Uh, I think the second half, the offense kind of opened up a lot. And, hey, contract year for Lamar, so maybe trying to show off a little bit. Who knows? I mean, it was modest in his numbers. You know, 17 of 30, two touchdowns. He almost had the streak of never having an interception in week one, but he got it late in the game. I don't know why they were even throwing on garbage time late in the fourth quarter. They definitely looked like an offense, and Rocco touched on it. They don't want to run Lamar, their best runner, because they don't want to get him hurt. 
but they have no running identity going back to last season without J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. It's amazing what those two do. I think Gus Edwards doesn't get enough credit, but they don't have them right now, and they had plenty of time to work with Mike Davis. I know Kenyon Drake just got him. The offensive line has been the offensive line of what they've done this entire summer. I would be a little bit worried about the run game at this point, just because that is their bread and butter and what opens up everything else. But it was promising to see three passing touchdowns from Jackson. Yeah, I I would agree, Morgan. And here's a stat on Lamar Jackson. He's now the ace quarterback in NFL history to record at least 10,000 passing yards and 3,500 rushing yards in a career. The ace in NFL history, those are some pretty solid numbers for LJ8. So he can throw it. People get on him for, for, you know, they call the guy a running back all the time, but he can sling that thing a little bit too. And he showed that today. He was airing it out. So give the guy credit where it's it's due. He can run the ball. He's elusive. We saw that today as well. But Lamar's got an arm and he showed it off. Yeah, he didn't have to rack up big-time passing numbers. 17 of 30 for 213, fairly efficient. Right. You can thank the defense for giving him some short fields. Um, but you know, throwing the ball, he, he looked all right once he started getting a little bit more comfortable into the game. He was spreading it around. I think there were uh, one, two, three, six guys who caught passes, seven. So he, he feels comfortable, it would appear, throwing to – a wide range of guys on the team. Yeah, three guys had at least 50 yards. It, was, it felt very balanced, and Harbaugh said at postgame, like, veteran performance from Lamar. I think a lot of Ravens fans are going to start to see this year the growth and the maturity from Lamar where, you know, maybe he doesn't run it as much because they're thinking more about keeping him healthy all season. Obviously, that really burned them last year when he got hurt, last, missed the last six games, and they kind of fell off the face of the earth. So getting back to safety and just being smart, smarter with yourself. And the thing, too, is he didn't need a security blanket. I mean, Mark Andrews, obviously, is going to get double teamed. They're going to be all over him. But seven targets, five catches for him. Andrews didn't have to lead this team for them to win. I think that's probably most impressive from their air attack. But they got to get the run game situated, and you have to hope that relief is on the way. Um, J.K. Dobbins went through warm-ups. So did Marcus Peters. Rocco, you were there. So they're doing the warm-ups. We've seen them at practice. I thought it was funny that they were listed as questionable, even though they were limited all week in practice. I guess it's that tactical <laughs> advantage to throw off the Jets. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if you need them to beat the Jets, but I also am like, well, when are they going to be ready? It's been a year. I would agree. I think that out of the three guys, Dobbins, Peters, Stanley, Peters is most likely to come back first. The hope, obviously, is that they get all three guys back at the same time as soon as possible. You don't want to rush Ronnie back, and John Harbaugh kind of made it seem like it's Ronnie's decision to come back. Uh, But the good thing is he's been practicing, but with the loss of Jawan James now, you have to wonder, does that kind of ramp up Ronnie's return? Do we maybe see him a little bit more next week without missing some days? Because now you're down to Patrick McCarry. Ronnie doesn't play next week, so... There's a lot to go with that. And Marcus Peters was running steps like Rocky at MetLife Stadium. So you could tell the juices are flowing. He wants to get back. Dobbins does as well. But when will we see them is the question. We're not the team doctors. We're not medical. 
but I know Ravens fans, they're chomping at the bit to see these guys back on the field and in uniform. Um, you don't know my undergrad, Rocco. It could have been medicine. <laughs> I could be doing this for fun. Just kidding. It's not. Um, not smart enough on that level. But it is worrisome that the guys that had non-contact in practice that we never visually saw these these injuries, like Gus Edwards, Marcus yeah. Peters, that it's still a, a year for them. We know what happened to J.K. Dobbins. He was bent like a pretzel. Ronnie Stanley is very interesting. It's, you know, you had to have two surgeries on an injury from two years ago. And the way that Harbaugh talks and the way he sounds is this is more on Ronnie's got to let me know when he's ready and maybe some medicals in that. But I think you're right. That's need to push it because we learned after the game and John Harbaugh said, Juwan James is done with an Achilles, the same one from 2019. And he has not played football. He was trying to get back to football for the first time in two years. And he is now out for the season. James has a torn Achilles. It's the same one. It's a little bit of a different tear. It's not. It's, it's off the bone. It's not the one that is mid tendon. So he's uh, he's determined, and he's he says he's in a way better place than he was last time, and he's determined to come back in time. Uh, Fuller, we don't know for sure. Uh, he he. We'll see tomorrow with the MRI with him. So we have some um, some reason for hope there. With that, you want to move to the defense. That was a solid part. Of the game. That was to me the most impressive because we didn't know what a Mike McDonald leading the charge, first time NFL defensive coordinator, was going to look like. And besides some penalties, some of the penalties that wiped out some big plays on defense, and I think the NFL has kind of got a new penalty that they they love to call now with uh, unnecessary (laughs) contact within five yards. I think the Ravens defense was was the reason they won this game, and I was pleasantly surprised to see the big-time plays on defense so early with so many new things and unknowns. Oh, yeah. They got after Flacco early and often. They were in his face all day long. Three sacks on the day, multiple QB hurries, an interception as well. Um, And I think that was the plan. And talking to some of the guys after the game, they made it seem like it was. And this is a Jets offensive line that has just deteriorated. You lose Mekhi Becton. You lose Dwayne Brown. At left tackle, you have Fenn, who moved over from right tackle. And at right tackle, you had a rookie in Max Mitchell. So the Ravens were in attack mode, and they they were in Joe Flacco's grill. And, you know, they were all friendly with them before they gave the pregame handshakes. But once that clock started, there's no no new friends anymore, as Drake would say. Well, I I think his pals on the defense just missed him so much. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think, like you said, I think we were talking earlier, 11 hits. Yeah, that 11 is, quarterback hits, three sacks. That and is some penalties insane. negating big-time plays. Uh, that, that is a rough day for Flacco. I mean, you you don't want him to you know, look the way he did today, you know, being a Ravens fan. It, it's sort of hard to see. Um, not only you know, his regression, but what the Jets did to him, putting him in a position to fail um but it was the Ravens defense that took advantage of that situation it was in no way you know the Jets rolling over the, they were just mauled um I think we were um discussed at times before the season that it was going to be a big year for Patrick Queen he had three of those 11 hits on Flacco today and he had he really stood out to me as far as you know the front seven goes yeah I mean Jaffe and I were talking about it uh you know before we came on and 59 passing attempts for Flacco, not a recipe to win. I mean, the guy's a good quarterback, but you know he's not what he was with the Super Bowl, and it, it just felt like they were putting him in tough positions. And they weren't trailing. You know, it was a one-score game for right. most of the first half. They were in it. They they were playing well and well enough on the defensive end to get there. And it's just, 
Kind of like the Ravens, they didn't get the rushing attack going. They had 17 carries for 83 yards, not bad, about five yards a carry. It's just they kind of just wanted to stick to their game plan of passing, and seems like it was a mistake. Yeah, on both sides, I never really saw a dedication to running the football. And early, like early not doing it, which I thought was kind of interesting with it being a one-score game for, you know, until we got almost to halftime when the Ravens got the DuVernay touchdown. But Again, week one, I don't think the Jets intended for Joe Flacco, 37-year-old, to be their quarterback. <laughs> you know, they want Zach Wilson. They want some youth. And I think when the Ravens' defense sees some youth and sees some mobility, then we'll really see what this defense is like, the speed and flying around. Because as much as Joe Flacco did here and how great he was for 11 years, he's not leaving that pocket. If he is, he's running for his life. Yeah, if you're looking ahead, Tyree kill Jalen Waddle next week <laughs> with the Dolphins, we're going to learn a lot more with the speed that they have. 100%. Rocco, you talked to Michael Pierce afterwards. Just what was he saying about the defense? Michael Pierce is excited to get some of these guys back from injury. Travis Jones, uh, the Marcus Peters, some of his buddies. Anytime you start like this and you hopefully we continue to continue to continue and we get those guys back healthy, um, we're going to put the league on notice. He's really pumped. To see them back in uniform. And he said after the game, he's like, when they come back, if we continue, continue, continue like they did today, they're going to put the league on notice. And as a Ravens fan, that's something that you have to love to hear. Michael Pierce saying that in his second stint with this team. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And let's get to the story of all stories that is only squashed until we get to February when we start thinking end of the season franchise tag. Lamar Jackson, the Ravens on Friday, we knew that was the deadline. Lamar said it. The statement came out from GM Eric DaCosta, which was bizarre. We don't usually see that, but no. maybe they want to get ahead of it. And they're, you know, people are tired of answering for them. Lamar's tired of answering. And then the Chris Mortensen report comes out that it was a five-year extension, $250 million, with more potentially on top, but only $133 million fully guaranteed. And that is a far number from the $230 fully million Fully guaranteed, that's so much money I can't even think, <laughs> $230 million fully guaranteed that Deshaun Watson got. Kind of the, the outlier in the NFL world. But if Lamar's chasing something and proving that he's the best and he's got that high-range number and someone has it, you can't help but argue he's not wrong to say, 
I haven't been accused of sexually assaulting 24 women. I'm not suspended 11 games, and I haven't been out of football for almost two years now. And I have gone to the playoffs. I've won playoff games, and I've won an MVP. Pay me. But you can't fault the Ravens for saying that's not how we do business. And we are a successful franchise that runs off the draft and runs off being financially smart. Just your guys' overall thoughts on this not getting done, the report that came out today, and is this going to be another hassle come February? I'm still confident that Lamar will be a Raven for life, and I think both sides want that to happen. What the Browns did with Deshaun Watson, paying him all that money guaranteed, really screwed up the market for front offices, for quarterbacks, for fans, for everyone in this league, because now that's the bar. All of that guaranteed money for a guy it's not even going to play for half the season. He's getting paid right now. All of this money. And, and Lamar, he's going to get the bag. He will eventually. Whether it's this next season, whether it's the following season, whether they franchise tag him, whether they don't, he's going to get paid, and I believe a deal's going to get done. It's all a matter of when. But right now, this guy really seems just like focused on football. When he gets asked about these contract questions, he just smiles, he laughs. I don't think, I mean, clearly he doesn't want to talk about it. We're supposed to get the football. Oh, that's that 95. Agent, we lost you for a second. Agent, he's got to kind of put that to focus on the game. So that's what he's doing this year. It, it's Morgan, you, you said it best. It's the, the owners have the advantage here. And when I think of it, I go back to the CBA a couple of years ago. They had a chance as the players union to go and really fight to make changes to the franchise tag and how it is mm-hmm. used. Nothing. And, you know, as a product of it, Lamar Jackson is sitting here knowing either way, I'm going to get a big chunk of money at some point. But the question is, where is it going to come from? And how long is he willing to sort of hold the Ravens to the fire on that one? Is he willing to miss games next season? Uh, Is he willing to come out to ask for a trade if the Ravens aren't going to do it? Or is he just going to be happy with, all right, you know what, it's going to be delayed. Eventually, I'm going to be a free agent. Or they'll just keep tagging me and I'll keep collecting three, four years down the road. Worked out well for Kirk Cousins. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, right? It is, it's so hard to judge quarterbacks. And I, I don't blame the Ravens. Uh, the way Lamar plays, you know, obviously more prone to injuries. We've seen just a running style quarterback. I think they are trying to be better at protecting him this year like we saw. So I don't blame him when he missed all of last – not all – when he missed most of the latter part of last season just kind of – play it out and see. I think there's a lot of positives for Lamar, too. If you come out and you have a great year, yeah, you're going to get a lot more money. And I think him not having an agent, too, is a super fascinating angle to all of this, just kind of seeing how that side of it will play out. I think sometimes with these stories, especially when you're here locally, you get a little frustrated when you get scooped nationally. But this is one that I completely hands off. I don't know. No one knows. Lamar Lamar knows and the Ravens know. Do I think these figures are real and the ESPN Chris Mortensen report was pretty solid? Yes, because I think I know where it came from. Now, it did not come from Lamar Jackson. Lamar and whoever besides his mom is who he keeps in his close circle, they're not talking. And when we ask him repeatedly, he doesn't give us anything. We do have to do our jobs and ask those questions because that's the story. That's what everybody wants to know. I have a feeling, though, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum as Rocco with optimism. I don't think a long-term extension is going to happen because what changes from now to next year? Nothing. They can tag him, 
And okay, maybe he's like shy of 50 million, depending on how the market shifts with these deals that happened this season. Okay, then he plays under the tag. He can sit out, but if it's about money, you don't get paid if you sit out. Ask Le'Veon Bell how that went down. And then the next year, if you tag him again, okay, maybe we're in the 50s or 60 million a year. It is still season by season, no long-term insurance. So if it truly is about getting that bag right away, hes I don't think he's going to see that because I do think the way the league is set up is that the Ravens do have an advantage with having ownership over him, with being able to use the franchise tag next year, potentially the following year after that. And he can sit out, he can flex, and then the Ravens can be in big trouble by not having their MVP franchise-type quarterback, but then he's not getting paid. So I just and think the guy, that you built the entire offense around. And that's <laughs> I understand everybody's points. I understand Lamar's. I understand the Ravens. I understand the business. I understand the personal side. But if you didn't get it done now, and if it truly is about guaranteed money, Steve Bashotti, <laughs> he can pay it. Yeah. And they didn't do it. And then the longer you roll the dice, the longer you play in this league, the longer you maybe don't perform well or get hurt the worst it can go. I hope it all works out for both sides because I do think that they have a good relationship and look at what he's done for this franchise and look at the talent that he is. You would hate to see a fan base lose something like that. But I don't see a long term. I see this dragging out. I see a tag drama. I see a potentially another tag drama or like Jaffe was referencing, like sitting out demanding a trade. I think we're at the beginning stages of this potentially getting ugly. Morgan, real quick. What do you think Steve Bashotti and Eric DaCosta are telling Lamar in these negotiations? Like, go out and win us a Super Bowl and you'll you'll get paid? No. Or are they saying something else to him? Like, what what do you think is coming from that side? I think they're saying we are not the Cleveland Browns. And we are never going to be the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. And you should be happy that we're not the Cleveland Browns. And look, as a franchise, when we started in the late 90s, we have two Super Bowls already. And we won... And we are built off the draft in defense. And we have to pay other people. The contract that came out, if the numbers are accurate, put him at the signing bonus guaranteed more than Kyler Murray and more than Russell Wilson per season as well. If that's accurate, that's a pretty good deal. But yes, you're shy of just under $100 million for fully guaranteed. But that comes from outside sources. And the Browns, that was bonkers. But it's not the market. I think what will the only thing that could potentially help, and I think it will get done because the Bengals have money and they never spend money and they have to spend money because of the new CBA. You have to hit a bottom. Joe Burrow is going to reset the market, and so is Justin Herbert with the Chargers. I think those two deals will be telling and could maybe give us a clearer picture of if they're going to get Lamar done next summer. And I'll say about the whole situation is this franchise is still different from the way others operate. I mean, not just the Browns, which are a complete circus. Yeah. But both sides on this have been handling the entire situation with total class. Like, I know we have to ask the questions, and I can't imagine how frustrated you know, both the, the GM side and the player side are on this, just tired of it. But so far, it seems like they are not letting it be a distraction. Whereas you could just go down the road to Washington and see every single year it's a distraction, no matter who's at quarterback. He could have not played. Yeah. He could have literally on Friday said, I'm out. 
And he's not like that. So that's, that is very helpful. But I still don't have optimism. If it didn't happen now, right. I don't know how it's going to happen later. <laughs> he could have done that. He could have taken all Raven's posts on his social media down, kind of like Kyler did. He hit them, yeah, archived dark. them, and then brought them back. He could unfollow the Ravens. All he did was like a tweet of him in a Miami Dolphins uniform, <laughs> and I think that was just to stir the pot a little bit and like mess with some fans. But that's really all he did. He has handled it with class. Both sides have. And it's the week two opponent. <laughs> I mean, you're just setting up extra drama and talking points for fun at that point. Let's or... talk about. They looked good. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Miami. Let's though. not. I'm, I, no, I, the defense I grew up, looked I grew up really good today. Pats, Forget about this new offense. <laughs> I didn't even get to see all this new offense genius. Their defense was lights out. I mean, that that's they were trouble for the Ravens the last time they faced them, and they weren't a good team, and they weren't a good defense. So it'll be interesting to see what Week Two brings. And with that, you will hear from us next Sunday after the Week Two meeting. It'll be a home game. I shall be there. Rocco will be on set with me. You're still driving back right now. Yeah, I won't be on the turnpike. <laughs> really happy about that. We can put you out there if you want. And then uh, EP Jaffe and Tom Tom. Are we good with those nicknames? Maybe I'll just change them up every week with my moods. Sounds good. There you go. Rocco, <laughs> Rocco, what's your go-to gas station snack? Go-to gas station snack? Oh man! Why are you gonna put me on the spot right now? Why is that a hard Probably question? Like a uh, you didn't go to the guy. You didn't get something. You didn't, whatever, whatever you need. Reese's, Reese's cups. All right. Oh, there you go. Well, just as long okay. as you don't stop in New Jersey. We're looking for sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> no free ads. Yeah. Uh, the peanut butter cups. We'll call them. Yeah. All right, everyone. That is week one of this podcast debut. Ravens winners, twenty-four to nine over the New York Jets. We will hear from you, maybe, but we'll definitely you'll hear from us next week. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Flock on Fox 45 Podcast, presented by Sports Unlimited. Stay up to date on the latest Ravens coverage. Check the Sports Unlimited tab on foxbaltimore.com.